0: Thanks, Marty. Thanks so much. You can keep it to Morning, everyone. Cool. Well, this morning I'm going to speak about faith. Who wants their faith to be stirred? Who wants to to kind of continue to increase in faith, that's fantastic. Who's had this week um, a week where they've had to be their faith has been tested? <laughs> yeah, every day, every week. Um, the benefit of those things when our faith gets tested is that because God loves us so much that he wants to refine us and define us. And so a lot of the testing he allows into our lives is to actually bring the best out of us. Because we're not a finished product. We're actually a a work in progress, every single one of you. And the great thing about God is that he wants to bring the best out of you. Because God knows exactly where you need to be. And it's to be like his son Jesus, be Christ-like. But at this moment in time, you're right here, and you're on that journey Towards becoming like Christ. So my encouragement to you is that let God continue to test. Is it easy? No. The great thing about being refined is that uh, it requires fire. Fire! But the great thing about fire is that actually when it melts down any metal, especially when we use the scriptures, it talks about gold a lot of times, um, that gold is purified in the fire, and that's what we want to actually happen in our lives, that all the impurities are actually taken out, and what's left over is pure gold, used for God's purposes. Okay, this morning we're going to talk about foundation. Everyone say foundation. Turn to two people beside you and say foundation. The reason why we talk about foundation is that faith also, we've spoken about Hebrews 11, we've spoken about our faith being something you hold on to, a handle you can get to, you, know, you hold on to. We spoke about last week about actually speaking in faith, about living in the victory of um, the faith that we have in Christ Jesus. Today, I want to talk about letting faith be your foundation. I'm going to talk about two builders, two houses, and two ways of building. Is that okay? Because sometimes in our Christian walk, we can, we can live this whole thing out and just go through the motions. We can be in maintenance mode. We can be in management mode. But actually, we also need to be, this is the, this is the best thing we need to be in. This is a seasonal thing. is a the, the season of always advancing. Going from one point to the next. Always moving forward. Keep moving forward. That's the important thing about our faith. And yes, it's gonna be tested. It's gonna be tested so it can be approved. But at the same time, The great thing is that if you are settled your foundation on Christ the rock, you will not be shaken. So this morning, we're going to read up a text, and then we're going to go straight into it, okay? So Matthew 7, if you've got your Bibles with you, you are going to read from Matthew 7, and then we're going to read the other version of the story in, in Luke. We're going to read from Matthew 7, verses 24 to 27. And it says, therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine. This is Jesus taking, talking to his disciples. And this is after uh, the, the Sermon on the Mount. So this is like God's got, Jesus has got the, the crowd around him, and he's just making sure they understand what this is all about. And he says, therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine. We spoke about faith comes by hearing, and hearing through the word of God. So then again, it's reminded, Jesus reminds us, Whoever hears these sayings of mine. Some other tra- um, uh, translations say, whoever hears these teachings of mine. This is the important part. And does them. Because everyone says, oh anyone, oh, anyone that hears these words of mine, and they go, wow, well, I hear your word every Sunday. I must be growing in my faith. But actually Jesus, this reminds us, it's, we're not just hearers of the Word, we're actually doers. Turn to someone and say, are you a doer? Or ask him another question, are you a hearer? And if they look at you funny, that's okay, because that's a, that's a good starting point from us, for us this morning. So guys, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will, then, I will liken him to a wise man. Who built his house on the rock. And the rain descended, the floods came. And the winds blew and beat on the house. And it did not fall. For it was was founded on the rock. But whoever hears these sayings of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain descended and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat the house, and it fell. And great was the fall. I love the way that Jesus reminds us at the end. He gives us this amazing metaphor, amazing story. He's a great storyteller. He says, There's two camps you can be in. You can be in the camp of a wise man, or you can be in the camp of a foolish man, or woman, or woman. And he says, You can choose. See, everything else, the, the, the ways, that the, the details around it are very similar. Whoever hears his sayings of mine, whoever hears his sayings of mine. and talks about how it's actually built. But then it says one big thing that changes everything. Whoever hears and does, and whoever hears and does not, their life, because remember, the house is a metaphor for your life. Their life, their house, will be like building on a rock. Or their house will be like building on, a s- on sand. I don't know about you, but I want to make sure my house is built on the rock. If you're taking notes, just take down this reference and then in your own time you can, you can look back at it. And actually, it's the same story. It's in Luke 6, 46. It's the same story and it starts to outwork the foolish and the wise builder. I love the way that the Message Bible puts it, and I'll read it from the Message version of the Bible. And it says this it's the same scripture in Matthew seven. And it says these These words I speak to you are not incidental additions to your life. Or home improvements. For your standard of living. These are foundational words to build your life on. So these are, Jesus is saying to his disciples, say, these are just not words I just throw out. They're just not words that I just mentioned. You know, you have, have the side comments, like watching the ABs last night, the All Blacks, I had some side comments. But the thing is that foundational stuff Jesus is saying that these words are foundation. You build your life on my words, and they become cemented when you do them. If you work these words into your life, you are like a smart carpenter who has built his house on solid rock. The rain poured down, and the rivers flooded, and it, and the message of the tornadoes, it talks about the storm hit. But nothing moved the house; it was fixed to the rock. But if you use these words of the Bible studies and does not work in your life, you're like a stupid carpenter who built his house on sandy on a sandy beach. When the storm rolled up and the waves came, it collapsed like a house of cards. Hey Rob, can you just pass me those? Who used to build a house of cards when they were younger? Do you know the trick to building a house for cards? I don't know, I'm just asking a question. Now, I was doing this for a long time when I was young. I think we went to Samoa in 2000. I was born in Samoa, went back when I was 10, 10, 10 years old. And and the kids in the village would always be doing this. You either play belay, which is cards, you know, cards, play cards. I don't know if islanders have fascination with playing cards. And then all else, the little kids were building houses. They know, trying to build these big towers, you know. And I thought, oh, you know, I'm from an English-speaking nation. <laughs> I'm going to Samoa. I'll show these guys how to build a house, these villages. And I came there, and I, and then, this is a word that my mum always reminds me of. Don't fear be a fear buckle. Don't know that you know everything. They think that you know everything. And I went to my cousins and I started building houses and they kept on collapsing. And then one of my cousins gets a tea towel. And he puts it on the ground. And you know the tea towel is more grip. And he said, shh, shh. And he got the first, he got the first stage of the house sorted, because what he told me is that if you don't get the, the first, the start right, everything else won't grow, everything else won't build. He used other words, but he said, you get that right, and everything else will stand. And I thought to myself, wow, that's pretty cool. Later on in life, I became a part-time builder. <laughs> now we have an inside joke here at this church. There's some things in the church I have built we can't see them anymore. <laughs> the chair you're sitting there. <laughs> but the thing is that I was a builder for a season. It was extra money, and I worked over Christmas, and we built these apartments in these old um, office buildings down in Ponsonby, and we built these big houses, I mean big apartments, and, you know, wake up in the morning, early start, you know, get in the car, you get the, the, the supplements you need for the day, the Vs, and the, and the Big Ben Pies, There was the normal meal for the morning. And he got on site. And one of the guys told me something. He goes, man, this building has got a massive foundation. And I was going, oh, okay, then, because I don't know anything about foundations or buildings or anything. And he took me out to the basement. And now there are massive pillars in this massive tower. And I thought to myself, these are massive. It doesn't look anything like what's at the top. But the bottom, everything had to be firm and secure and safe. The reason why I'm sharing these stories is that foundation is important. I was down at the parliament buildings two years ago, and I've been down there one year, 2017, I was down there three times for different things. One of the times, I was early, and so I went on the parliament tour. Who's been on the parliament tour? Been around the parliament grounds, and they take you on the tour. What Part of that tour is that they take you to the foundations where they actually fix the foundations so when an earthquake strikes, the building moves. Who's been to that? So it was really interesting, eh? Because who wants to see the basement of a building? It's not the first thing. It's not like someone comes to your house and goes, oh, should we go to the basement? Come, Come, follow me to the basement. Okay? It's not like you do that all the time. But part of the tour was going to the basement. Why? Because they wanted to show you how safe it was. And so you went down these st- the stairwell, and you went down to the bottom, and you saw the work they had put into the foundations. So anytime an earthquake strikes, the whole building moves with the earthquake. And it's an amazing piece of work they're done down there. And as a, as a builder, I was inspired Another story is that a few years ago, Lydia and I had the privilege of building our own house uh, with Habitat for Humanity. And we worked on the foundation of the house for a while because um, it was built off-site and it had to be moved off-site to where from Parnell to Māngere. It took, it took a long time. It actually took longer to build the foundation than to actually build the house. The house took probably seven days. The building foundation work took about, what, close to nearly a whole week. So long period of time. And I thought to myself, man, it's taking so long with this, man. Just hurry up and put it together as a qualified builder. I know this stuff. And as we realized uh, over the years, is that every time there's a, a structure being built, the important part of that structure, no matter what it is, is the foundations. That's why it's so important when you look at the scriptures that your life doesn't become like a a house of cards. You have to make sure that your foundation is secure. If you want your house to be tall and strong, your foundations have to be deep, deep in Christ. You have to be so planted, so grounded, that no no matter what storms in life come, you, you may be moved But you're not falling apart. And there'll be times in your life where you will be challenged. There will be times in life, even this week, that some of you have been tested in your faith. But my encouragement to you is that as long as your foundations are secure, you will not be moved. taking notes, just um, let's start with the rock. So the, the the wise builder, let's look at the wise builder. The wise builder built his house on the rock. We all know Jesus is the rock. Everyone say Jesus is the rock? Well, there's great conviction there this morning. Jesus is the rock. He's our firm foundation. He's also the cornerstone of how that foundation comes to be. He is, he is our confidence, faith is confidence in the conviction that Jesus is our foundation. Here's the rock that we're building our lives on. And if we can, in our own hearts, understand that, things will work out not, not easier, but the outcome will be better because you'll fix your eyes on him and you'll realize that he, because Jesus is not shaken by anything, you're not shaken. So this morning, number one, build your Build your faith on Jesus as your reality. Jesus has to be real to you. Jesus cannot be a theory that you heard one day. Jesus cannot be a teaching that you heard one day. Jesus, the person of Jesus Christ, has to be real to you. Because if it's a teaching that you heard someone preached one day, you're basing your faith on a teaching that someone preached one day. If your, if your faith is on a Bible study you've done and you got, so well, you got so challenged by that Bible study, your conviction and your confidence is in a Bible study. If your, if your conviction is on a church on the gates here, if your conviction and your faith is built, built on how many times you attend a Sunday, that's not the right foundation. That's not. Jesus has to be your foundation. And I think a lot of us go, oh, yeah, that, that, that. Oh, yeah I know that, Joe. But do we know it? Do we really know it? Is it outworked in our lives? Is it lived out? Can people look at your life and say, man, you're a great man of faith. You're a woman of faith. I can see it all over you. You don't even talk. It's all over your life because you're not just saying it. You're actually living it out. That's the confidence we should have that when Jesus is our foundation, that people look at our lives and they go, you've been shaken, you've been stirred, but you're not broken. You're standing there in faith. You know, one of the biggest Lessons I've had as a pastor, biggest, the greatest times of mourning as a pastor, yes, pastors go through stuff. We're not, we're, not, we're not immune to stuff happening. The custard, I said last week, does hit the fan a lot of times. And some people throw fan, uh, fans and custard at me. <laughs> but the thing is this, earlier this year, it's great having Tanya here. Many of the Cody family are celebrating the loss of a beautiful girl. When I look at the lives of this family, I think to myself, and Nan's here as well, and I think, and aunties are here as well, I look at their lives and I go, their lives are not built on a circumstance, but on Jesus and I great, and you know, it doesn't mean that we can't mourn together, it doesn't mean we can't cry together. But what it shows me is that, you know, it's not fickle faith, it's not flaky faith, and that faith is so secure, Jesus is the healer. Still, Jesus is still faithful, still, even though the circumstances are different, not having beautiful tear around. When I look at them, I'm encouraged by their faith. When I read. Monique's posts on Facebook, on, on my, the tears can't stop because I think to myself the faith expressed in this family is amazing. And that's faith that's been shaken but has not been broken. And the reason why I'm saying that is that the, the life is not a, a box of chocolate sometimes. You don't just get it. Things just happen. And things out of our control but I want to thank this family for their faithfulness to God and their faith through this. Has it been easy? No, no, it has not been easy. But all they've said through it is that our God is still faithful. Is your faith built on the reality of Jesus Christ in your life? That means when you got saved— was it based on something that someone said or there was a deep conviction in your heart that Jesus is real? Is it Jesus real in your life? And it's something that we need to understand. We need to be walking in this walk understanding that Jesus has to be real for you. Oh, another preacher, preacher. And we've got to understand, it's all right. Rose, you can grab it. scared, that's why, that's Uh, why, the girl was running on stage, it's okay, it's not the end of the world, okay, it's just a little girl. Okay, sometimes we make a big out of it because we want a seamless production. It's not a seamless production. We have kids around here. Okay, that's okay. All right. Um, But this morning, I want to encourage you in our faith. When I came to Christ um, in 98, I came through a supernatural encounter with Him. Someone didn't preach to me. Someone didn't witness to me. It was through an encounter with God. I was in this room at a Tongan community house in Greeninus, Some of you have heard the story. And I had to move out of that room because something was happening in my heart. I came outside, and I had this encounter with God that I knew that was beyond me. No one was in the back of my ear saying, you need to know Christ. You need to know the Lord. But I actually, in that moment, I wasn't even looking for God. I was comfortable. I was happy with living the way I was living. I actually thought, I'm good enough. I'm alright. I'm sorted. I was leading with a few friends of mine, a youth group, and we thought, no, we're good. We go to church every Sunday, we do our thing, it's all good. We go home, enjoy whatever we want to do. But then realize in that moment in time when the Holy Spirit, and this is what in hindsight, when I knew, is the Holy Spirit came on my life and he actually ministered to me in that moment outside. I felt cold in my heart. I thought, whoa, whoa, what's going on here? Oh Lord. I didn't know that God was actually invading my territory. He was actually putting his his agenda on my life. I didn't realize that. And in that moment, I ran to the back of the room and then someone prayed with me and I came to know Christ. But it was Holy Spirit leading me into an encounter with him that changed everything. So that means this. My relationship with the Lord me personally, it's not based on the next thing, next fad, or next teaching, or next person that's a, a role model. It's not based on a person, a teaching. It's based that I had an encounter with God. And it's real for me. So no one can come along and say, oh, I do not believe what you believe in the Bible. The Bible, you know, it's all a collection of books. How do they all get it together? Well, Actually, I believe the Bible is true because I had an encounter with God. I can't, I can't shift that out of my thinking. I can't change that, because it was real for me, and God, I didn't need God, but God had a plan for my life, and He actually wanted to make sure he put his plans on the table and said, "Hey, here it is. These are my plans. I want you to follow them. And I, who am I? that he would choose me, a little kid in Glenness, East Auckland, right there. A Samoan in a Tongan community house. But he said, right then and then, he looked throughout eternity and he said, Joseph, you're my child. You're mine. I need you. Why? Because I've longed for this relationship which was broken. And I want you back in relationship with me. And I realized something that nothing, no matter what you hear on YouTube or out there, what you read in the media, I believe that Jesus Christ is Lord. That's that's the bottom line for me. My foundation is set, not because a theory or, or someone else has said something, but because I had an encounter with God himself. If you look throughout the Bible, every time someone had an encounter with God, their lives were never the same. This is why I want to encourage you. You need to pray for an encounter with God. Because some of us in this room are here because it's a good lifestyle choice. Someone, some people watching on social media right now, it's a lifestyle choice. It's an add-on. If it makes me feel good, I'll get along. But there's more to this: This faith expressed between this relationship out of, with you and God, expressed to this whole world is real. And I'm passionate about this because I've seen people over the years, I'm reading some articles this week of people falling away from God, people just challenging, is, God's, is the Word of God real? or is, All I know is this. The reason why I read the Word of God is I want to discover more about Him. Because the Bible tells me that Jesus is the Word. In the beginning was the Word, the Word was in God, and the Word was God. So what it does is actually, it gives me some information of who God is. So I want to discover who God is. And in my seeking, I'll find Him. Do I know everything? No. But the thing is that I've an encounter, my foundation's set, and I know that I can build from here. Can we pray? Can you pray this week? God, I really want to encounter you in a real way. I don't want to just hear what Joe says on a Sunday and just believe everything, because you shouldn't be. Hello? And we are so good at sharing memes and videos of other Christian leaders around the world. And that's great. That's fantastic. I'm encouraged by that. But at the same time, it's your relationship with Jesus that matters. So number one, build your life on Jesus as your reality. Is Jesus your reality? Is he real to you? I love the fact that Jesus said to the disciples, who do you say I am? Because all of them were walking with Jesus. They saw the miracles. But Jesus asked them this question, who do you say I am? And then some of them said, oh, some say you're a rabbi. Some say you're a teacher of the law. And then he looks directly at Simon Peter, but who who do you Say, I am. Because your perception of God will determine how strong your foundation is. Because if Jesus is just a teacher to you, if someone throws in a spanner and works around the teachings, what are you gonna believe? Is Jesus just a healer to you? He's he's that and more. But what I'm saying is that Jesus has to be your reality. Build your life on Jesus. Number two, build your life on Jesus as your stability, your reality. You've got to make sure that Jesus allows you to be stable in your walk. It can't be flaky faith. You're like, high here one day, low here. It's a constant, constant journey. It's a constant journey. It's a moving one step on in, in front of the other stable in Christ, and the identity in Christ. Build your life on Jesus in eternity. So as reality, stability, and also eternity, that you're actually going to live forever with Christ. That's exciting. I hope you're excited about that. These are just four things I just want to, practical things that we need to do in our own lives to actually ground our foundation. So our foundation is set on the rock, who is Jesus Christ. That's the starting point. That's it. The be or end or foundation set. The deeper you go with your foundation is the deeper you want to go. If you want to just have a shallow faith that just appears on Sunday, well, one day the storms of life will hit you and your house of cards will fall over. But if you want to be grounded and that you're own, doing your own study and your own time, that you're actually praying yourself in your own time, that you're actually reading the Bible for yourself in your own time, not, not, not to saying, hey, have you read your Bible today? Texting someone, no, no, yeah, of course I've read my Bible because I need it every day. That needs to be something that we need to do because as soon as we add those things, we start digging deeper in our foundations, deeper and deeper. That when you see someone, that you you can encourage them in their faith because you've been digging deep in your faith. Your foundations are set; they're low, they're deep. Because the deeper you um, you actually dig, the higher you can build. So dig deep. Don't just let it be a shallow thing that I'm just going to rely on the pastor or the preacher on Sunday, because it can't be determined by what this guy says up here. I'll be honest. Not everyone that preaches at the front, you should be listening to. That's why you should be understanding something, that if your relationship us with, with Christ, you need to be looking at His Word, looking at Him, fixing your eyes on Him. I think many times you looked at a man, and you thought, that's a man of God. No, Jesus is the man of God. get the privilege of doing what we do because we get to highlight Him, Jesus. And Marty said that this morning about being in the spotlight. My only spotlight would be one spotlight, Jesus in the middle, we step out of it. We, we fade into the background. We highlight Jesus even more every single day of our lives. When people come to talk to you, oh, your church must be awesome. What do you guys do? What's your pastor like? Oh no, our church is awesome because Jesus is exalted. That's the only reason our church is awesome. Because Jesus has made the center of it all. Oh, your pastor must be a good preacher. Oh, man, you're right. It's not bad. But Jesus is exalted every time he's preaching. When we worship, the songs are not about us, but about Jesus and highlighting him. Because what happens in our faith is that we start to communicate that with people we see. When we start to talk to people, we can actually talk to them, and Jesus floods out of us. And they go, what kind of church are you part of? Our church that just loves Jesus. We love everything about Jesus. Okay, here's some practical things to help us build our stability, stability, and build our foundations. And these are words that you some of you have heard before, but I love massaging them back in. Number one is our big word that we love all the time accountability. Accountability. Now, I, I caught up with a, a brother during the week. He's probably watching this right now. And I was, I was sitting there. And I was so blown away by his faith. Sitting there, and I, I was just listening. And you know, I got so stirred. He's talking about how he's, there's reconciliation within their family. There's healing. There's, God's doing a great work with them. And I was sitting there going, Wow, Jesus. I could see Jesus all over that. And I thought to myself, I walked away. Do you know, if you're walking away from a, a counter or a meeting or a hui like that, knowing that you feel alive and you feel that Jesus was exalted, you get excited, eh? Like I kept on hugging him. <laughs> Come back to my hongi again, hug again. Because I was so enlarged and inspired by the conversation. Why? Because Jesus was exalted. If you walk away from a koruru or a hui and you're like, oh, downcast, probably wasn't a good, (laughs) Jesus probably wasn't exalted. But the amazing thing about that time was that I didn't do a lot of talking. I gave some advice. But as I heard his koruru, I thought to myself, I'm so encouraged. I feel alive just hearing that. Who feels like that sometimes when you hear uh, stories of people's faith being stirred? Accountability. Accountability is not just for things that you've done wrong. Accountability is for keeping you on the road. Because the road that we walk is similar to what we watched last week in Indiana Jones. It's a narrow road. It's a narrow road. Not many people want to walk it because they want to take the broad road. But the thing is that Jesus talks about the narrow road. And the thing to stay on the narrow road, you've got to have accountability. Brothers, they're checking up on you. Hey, how's your walk? Oh, just had a tough week. Okay, bro, I'll pray for you, man. Accountability. Number two, actions. These are all A's. Accountability is number one. Number two, actions. If you're taking notes, just take down James 2. And it says, what is good... What good is it, my brothers and sisters, if someone claims they have faith but has no deeds? You have to have faith and have deeds. Your faith is attached to actions. Now the worst text that we can send people is the text that I'm praying for you and you don't pray. (laughs) Everyone's <laughs> going, oh, I don't do that, Joe. <laughs> you must be talking about the person beside me. But you know that text that you go, hey, bro, can you pray for me? And you go, yeah, I've got your back, praying for you. And you carry on for the rest of the day. I've done that. I know all of you guys are super, uh, superhero um, Christians, so none of you have done this. It's, people for, it's out there. Those people are watching right now. It's for you. But the thing is that faith with action is powerful. So, when you actually have faith, when you're actually saying to someone, I'm going to pray for you, pray for them. When someone texts you and says, Can you pray for me? You, pray, you say, Yeah, can I call you now? Let's pray. I want to pray for you over the phone. You put your faith with action. Action is important. Number two, uh, number three, attitude. What's it have to do with foundation? You know, attitude is. Can either actually, your attitude determines your altitude, how far and how high you can go. So when it comes to building strong foundations, you can have a bad attitude that says, there's nothing you said that can teach me anything. You can be teachable and say, man, I've heard this before, but there's something in that that's new to me. Every time we come together in a gathering like this, guess what? Solomon said it in, he said, there's nothing new under the sun. So all you're hearing every Sunday is recycled stuff. Somewhere out in um, history, someone else has said the same thing with a different accent or different words. So there's nothing new under the sun. But the thing is that there's something new that happens in your heart when you actually take what you've heard and apply it in your life. So if you hear something in the word that, stands out for you, and you think to yourself, you know what, I've heard that before, but today something's different in my heart. What is it? So when you're in settings like this, our heart's desire is that if if someone's preaching up here, you should be sitting to saying to yourself, why do I talk to you? Holy Spirit, what do you want to teach me today? Because on the outside, there might be something old, but on the inside, God's doing something new. And my heart desire is that you would feel like that every single Sunday, that you may have heard this before, and it's old stuff for some of you who have been walking with the Lord for over 40 years. It's, It's not new stuff. But the thing is that you need to be in a place where your attitude shifts and you can say, God, teach me something new this morning. Whatever it is, Lord God, teach me. I'm going to talk about rugby because um, I like rugby. Who likes rugby? Hands up. I got to watch the first half of my wife last night. She sat there looking at me, staring into my eyes. I said, babe, stop it. Stop staring into my eyes. I'm just focusing. <laughs> no, nah, she, she wasn't. Just staring at me because I said, babe, when we watch, shh. the coach is trying to watch the game. So I was texting Coach Rob last night as well. But the thing is that attitude is everything. Last, seven days ago, there was a, the team had an attitude. Rob said it this morning. Not everyone showed up. Some people were comfortable in doing what they were doing because they've been in maintenance mode. And because their name is up here, they don't even work harder. So when they got smashed by 21 points, During the week, seven days later, there was an adjustment in their attitude. Even when they came in front of the media, there was an adjustment in the way they spoke. Hey, we underestimated them. We didn't give them what they deserved. We didn't turn up. We didn't show up. And they were accountable with their attitude. And what happened from there is what we saw last night. I know some of you who don't like Rubio are going, Can we just talk about something else? No, I'm talking about rugby. (laughs) But the attitude was seen in the 36, 36 to nil. Coach Rob, was that right? Sorry. Emotional. But the attitude changed. But guess what? You can change anything with a good attitude. If you show up to any occasion with a good attitude, if you come to, if you get invited to a party, Nirvana's party yesterday. If someone came with a bad attitude, ah, oh, the stink. That would have made everyone else's day a stink day because it's about attitude. But everyone came, I'm so, everyone was posting on that page, eh? I'm so excited. I don't know why. I don't know why. I'm so excited. But that's so cool because everyone came with the attitude. And attitude takes you places. So, on Sunday, when you come in the door and you, you may have had a stink day, but you're going, man, I don't care. I've had a stink week. Thing hasn't worked out. But I've been testing my faith. That's all right. Once you get in here, go, Jesus, you're still on the throne. I don't care what's going on out there. It will sort itself out, but I'm going to fix my eyes on you. Because uh, I, actually, I can't do it. I can't control it. But I know I've got to hand it over to you. And your attitude changes. And when you come with a, um, a kind of position where you actually go, God, I can't do it. That's why I need you. I need to fix my eyes on you. I position myself with a good attitude and I actually give you the praise. A good attitude is healthy for any relationship, for any time we gather together. My wife knows when I've got a bad attitude, I know when she's got a bad attitude. I know when my boys have got a bad attitude. They know when I've got a bad attitude. We all know that we've got bad attitudes. That's the thing. And it doesn't help anything. If you think about it, your bad attitude is for you. Just, just be honest, it's for you. The reason why you got a bad attitude is because you want to be the center of the attention. And if you don't get your way, I'm not going to do it. You're like a toddler that goes to the supermarket with their parents. You throw yourself on the floor and you do this tantrum because you've got a bad attitude. But if, if you understood something, a good attitude is a representation of maturity. So you don't come to the supermarket like an immature child. And if you do I want a chocolate bar. Not getting a chocolate bar. I want a chocolate bar. You know, not got to, I want to. And then you do actions like. And they go, I want a chocolate bar. I want a chocolate bar, daddy. I don't. You know, as Christians, we can be like that towards God. When God tells you one thing and you go, I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. I want you to do it with my child. I don't want to do it. I'm not moving. God goes, Lily and I, you're going to the gate, Papakura. Like further self. Like we're already in south. My wife was, no, nah, I don't want to do it. <laughs> oh no, it didn't look like that. No. <laughs> But guess what? That's what a bad attitude can look like to people. Because you need to understand, I'm sticking on this because as Christians, we can have such a bad attitude and think that everyone should actually be molded to our attitude. But no, you're the one next to the mirror. need to look in the mirror, take a chill pill, and actually realize that you're the problem. Or actually realize that you need to go to the healer, get healed, so you won't be the problem. Because it doesn't help anyone. And some of you in this room may have had a bad week. Well, you've had to carry a bad attitude. Bad attitude comes out of offense. And it comes out of pride. So we can put the pride away, put the guard down, and walk through it. It will take time for the healing to happen, but if you're willing to do that, to do and not just believe, but to do towards having a better attitude, things will work out. Number four, so the first one is number, uh, number one is accountability. Number two, uh, actions. And number three, attitude. Attitude's a big one. Friends, I want to encourage you. Family, I don't know why I'm tapping this, but I think it's big. If you want to see people come to know Christ through your life, kindness is important. And you cannot be kind if you've got a horrible attitude. So, example of this is that if your boss comes to you and says something to you, your reply should not be, "I don't want to do it." Your reply says, "How can we work through this so we can get to a place where we can do it?" But if we throw our toys outside the, the the cot, and actually start having this whole thing they do, like that, we're gonna be seeing that in the next 20 weeks. Now, nah, our one's gonna be like. On time, maybe just. But what I'm saying is, it's so important as Christians, we can push people away from Christ because of our bad attitude. Resolve it in our hearts that we would carry around things will happen in our lives where we need to not carry around offence, not let pride, the fuel of pride, be thrown on it, and actually deal with that bad attitude. Um, for me personally, I actually don't get offended too many times. I get offended. Who gets offended here? Okay. Cool. There's a few people I will offend after this, so I'll make sure that you go home offended. But um one of the biggest things about offense is that um oh a few years ago I realized something that the only people that really hurt me now are, or make me offended are those closest to me. Who, who knows that? <laughs> I'm not, it's not for you baby cut me babe cut me Yeah, i got to get over it yeah that's right offense you can get over so the thing is that what I needed to work out in my heart is that not to get it. Let get to me um, my boys I offend them and they offend me and now that they're getting older and they can have a conversation and they're actually quite intelligent boys I've got to now frame my conversation differently now but it's, uh, it's the whole thing of not getting offended and the cool thing about this is that over this journey with Christ, I've been able just to allow things just to go. There's some things that people may say to you, people may do to you, that you just gotta let it go. Because it's not your problem. It's their problem. This week, you may be offended by someone. Someone's gonna offend you. Trust me, someone will offend you. And you carry their offense home Just ask God, God, I'm sure to be walking around with that. Help me process this properly. The reason why I say that is that we carry so much stuff around with us that we don't need to carry around. And yes, your close members of your family will say things that irritate you and offend you, but it's being able to walk through that and process it with them. Because in that, you can actually find forgiveness and hope and restoration. Number four, anointing. You need the Holy Spirit to uh, to bless this process that you're going through. Of redefining and refining your foundations. You can't do this without God. Anointing. So accountability, actions, attitude, and anointing. Anointing is is basically what we said last week is the enabling of God. God gives you, enables you to do His work. That's why He anoints you. Don't let your lives be um, a house of cards. I don't want to live my life as a house of cards that when something comes along, I just fall apart. But be grounded on Jesus Christ. He's the rock. I'm not the rock. The rock is my cousin. His name is Dwayne Johnson. just want to put it out there. Okay, Dwayne, you know, hook us up with the next movie, bro. Okay. But the rock, the real rock is, is Jesus Christ. And we need to ground ourselves in him, okay? Because this, the gate church in itself is not your rock. It's a community of faith, of believers in a canoe together, going in the same direction. But Jesus has to be the head of your life. He needs to be the foundation and the cornerstone. But that's the bottom line. Your husband and your wife is not your foundation. Lydia is not my foundation. My friends around me are not my foundation. The Things I've heard over the years, they're not my foundation. Great sermons that I watch on YouTube, they're not my foundation. At the end of the day, it's ihukaraiti. Jesus Christ, He is your foundation. And then if you build your life on Him, your faith will be firm. This will all stand to our feet this morning. Let's pray. Hope there's a stirred... This morning stirred you. Um, Remember, faith is something you can hold on to. It's something you can speak into. It's a language and also it's a foundation. So it's important. We need to outwork these in our lives. Uh, Rob's finishing off our series next week. I'm excited about that uh, on faith. But I want to ask that you would just reach out in faith this week. Whatever you're hoping for, if it's in the will of God, just trust Him. Put your faith in Him. Father, we thank you this morning that we can put our trust in you. And this morning, we just wanna thank you for the opportunity just to know that you are our foundation, that we can't build this house on sand. And if we have been, if we've seen some slips in our lives, oh God, I pray that we will be able to adjust and uproot and make sure it's sturdy for the future. And God, even this week, we've been challenged in our faith. Many of us have been tested and how we should deal with situations, Lord God. I pray that you adjust us, Lord God, that we may be able to make a difference in other people's lives. But first, start with us. Start with the people in this room, that we will be able to show your love and your light to those around us, Lord God. And I pray on a firm foundation that you build in our lives, that no matter what life throws at us, no matter what you allow to happen in our lives, Lord God, I pray that we'll be sturdy, that we'd be sure and we'd be safe knowing that you're our foundation. We give you glory and we give you honor, Lord God. In Jesus' name, amen.